Real Presence Live. To be patient to share Christ, but to be urgent, you know, just take advantage of that opportunity, that open door, that little bit of trust. Local. When we're truly and fully alive as Catholic, we have hearts that are actually, it desire the good of the civil order. Engaging. But I have to start the day off by saying, you know, Father God, I offer myself to you to do with me as you wish. Live. There is a human longing for beautiful things and traditions. And if these aren't found in the church, people will seek them elsewhere. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Real Presence Live. This is Michael Wilde and Brandon Clark. And we are here in the comfortable, cozy, warm, indoor studio. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little chilly outside here today. It is. uh, I think this is perhaps my first uh, exposure to below zero this this year for sure i love how they call it like the arctic blob it's like is that what they've been calling it <laughs> yeah, the arctic blob the arctic blob <laughs> I, was that just some crazy local weather person that called it that or is that like the term i mean because i've heard it called the arctic blast but come on the arctic blob yes i, I think somebody wants to bring the blob back to life <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Brandon, we've got a lot going on today. Um, And even before we throw it over to kind of get an overview of the day, why don't we start in prayer? Sounds good. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear Lord, we're so thankful that you've brought us here today to do your work and to have the opportunity to grow closer to you. We ask your blessing as we speak to our family through this show, and we ask that you help us draw closer together, and we pray so with Mary as the mediatrix of all grace. Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, grace, the Lord, Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, now and at the, the hour, hour of our death. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. Yeah. We're ready to roll, I think. We are almost ready to roll. What do we got to do first? Well, Eli will not be very happy if we don't let him in at the beginning of the show, so... We should probably let him in to do the preview, right? Yeah, Eli? you got you got to pay the bridge toll if you want to walk across the bridge. <laughs> I think he just threatened to shut off our mic. <laughs> I think he called himself a troll. <laughs> All right, well, I, I do have a face for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> Here's what's coming up on this morning's Real Presence Live. Here's a crazy fact, and it's not necessarily a good crazy. Did you know that there's a, now a brokerage for a surrogacy in Sioux Falls? It's a place that works to line up contracts for those wanting children and potential surrogate mothers, and the money that exchanged and paid out in, in all involved parties is immense. Chris Motes of the South Dakota Catholic Conference will share more about this and explain why, no matter which state you live in, you need to fight it. And you're used to hearing him, in my spot here, do show previews and the weather on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Yeah, where is that guy? Well, he's on his way to the March for Life, and coming up in a little bit, we'll check in with him and see uh, see what uh, what the trip out is like. And the gift of life is beautiful, and some couples wait a very long time to have the opportunity to raise a child. Jeff and Melissa Benda will share their journey of waiting and hoping, and the great joy on the day when they heard their daughter was going to be a part of their lives. That Mm. and a whole lot more coming up on Real Presence Live. Thanks, Eli. Appreciate your preview. Uh, Michael, very pro-life show ahead for everybody listening. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's so important. January is a great month for us to be aware of life, of course. We know we've got the March for Life going on. There's so much happening. And um, as so many people have said, if we don't get the issue of life right, right, how can we get any other issue correct? So, yes, we are going to be talking about life. We're going to be talking about defending life. We're going to be talking about um, uh, helping heal life and preserve life. 
and um, and welcoming life. But with us on the line right now, Chris Motes is already with us. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Great to have you. So we we previewed it. We just talked about it a little bit. What is this crazy thing? Help us straighten and understand. I mean, brokerage surrogacy. We yeah, what is surrogacy? What's brokerage sur- surrogacy? It was, it was a great a great preview. I think brokerage like you want to buy a house. You know, you go to a real estate broker mm-hmm. to, to help you find somebody selling their house. Same sort of thing is if you would if 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 you can't have a baby for whatever reason, you could be uh, a married couple. You could be an office uh, a same sex married couple. Maybe even a single person, and and you can't produce. You can't have a, a child naturally. You go to a brokerage, and they're going to link you up with a surrogate mother. This this woman who's willing uh, for a fee, for a sum of money, to essentially rent her womb uh, for the gestation of the child. That's that's in a nutshell what it is. Wow, um, I, I, I I'm just hung up on things. So it <laughs> just yeah. this idea of womb for rent, right? I mean, a horror. Uh, sadly. Um, uh, Babies on demand yeah. is, is kind of yeah. I'm in shock, so I apologize, Brandon. Go ahead. Yeah, you, you know, in in your work with the South Dakota Catholic Conference, Chris, um, I, I guess I, I'm just having a tough time as Michael, you know, wrapping my my mind around this idea of of surrogacy. But it almost seems like it's something that's that's becoming more normalized, and and even even in the media, right? Uh, we know about, um, or maybe we don't know, but there was this movie called Baby Mama, uh, where they were talking about uh, surrogacy with Tina Fey and and uh, Amy Poehler was in that. Amy yeah. Poehler, yes. And, yeah. and so, is this something that's just the, the things are just starting to change in our culture? Where I, I, I mean, I can't I can't imagine hearing about this, you know, five ten years ago. Uh, is something that that's a, a popular option. Yeah, it, 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 I would like to point out that the movie wasn't actually that successful. Um, <laughs> yeah, which is which is maybe a good thing. But to your point, yeah, there is a bit of a, a normalization. But if you've seen the movie, you know that the so what's happening there is that there's this successful, high-performing single businesswoman who who later in life, uh, uh, in her childbearing years, discovers she's infertile. And so she hires a working class woman to be her surrogate. And that really highlights sort of the dramatic difference of, okay, children aren't gifts. We're going to commodify them and, and play God and create them. And you can only do that if you actually have the money to do it. Wow. So it's, you know, that's it, it, really the stark contrast between, you know, in a certain sense, kind of uh, the, the rich and the poor also. Right. Um, yeah, and I think you know uh, that that movie did come out in two thousand eight. So you know, I, it's it's interesting to hear that it didn't do very well. I, I wonder if a movie like that came out, you know, now in in two thousand nineteen, if if that would would change anything. Uh, <clears throat> but one of the things too, um, Chris is is uh, my wife and I have been married for uh, three and a half years, four and a half years. Uh, we were married in 2014. I'm laughing because you so better four, know. Four and a half years. Um, <laughs> and, and we haven't uh, been able to have children yet on our own. Um, and so, you know, what what do you say to people who, you know, they look at this idea and they're like, you know, it's it, it's it's good because then couples who, who can't have children are able to have children. And why would you want to deny them the opportunity to do that? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's kind of the natural reaction a lot of people have if they haven't heard about this issue before. Um, and it's like we, we do got to begin with acknowledging that, like, infertility or these struggles, they're, they're real. And they're, you know, they, they can be a, a burden. They're hard. You know, that's, that's even um, acknowledged in, in our Catholic catechism when it's talking about the gift of a child. But, you know, to your question about well, isn't this just really helping people, you know, I like to think about like a vending machine maybe. You know, okay, you're hungry, you push a button on a vending machine and you get a candy bar. That's kind of what we're doing with, with women and children when we start talking about surrogacy. A woman now becomes just a machine, a vending machine, and you push a button and you get a baby. The baby's the candy bar. Yeah. So it's, that's, that's really, that strikes at the heart of this commodification Returning life isn't any longer a gift. It's now just a product. Um, you know, and, and this product is the subject, uh, is subject to the terms of a very cold legal contract. So it's like we've got all these terms that are surrounding, you know, this, the creation of this life. Um, and what and is... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, we, you know, um, it's still kind of just thinking about um, people who... Who, would, who longed for a child, we, we've got a um, system of adoption in America, and we look at adoption law in the various states, and in every single one of the adoption laws without fail, the, the, the legal decision turns on what is in the best interest of the child. Yeah. So we, you know, the <laughs> child is, nobody's entitled to a child. It's not like, you know, sometimes grown-ups, adults, we can be a bit narcissistic. And like, oh, I'm entitled to this. I have this right. No, actually, the, the, the prime consideration is what's in the child's, you know, let's think about the, the children involved here. Right. So and, that, and when we look at this, as far as surrogacy goes, what is the current legal policies that are in place? What, 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 is, the, what is the context that allows this to happen or prevents or has puts limitations on this right now, Chris? You know, and that's... Uh, the, the laws have been changing, kind of as you pointed out, with uh, the, just Hollywood, you know, as cultural mores have been shifting, there's a wide variety of, um, of legal structures in place in the various states. South Dakota doesn't currently have any, any statute or regulation that regulates this whatsoever, which is why we're now seeing, um, like, a bro- you know, brokerages kind of pop up. Uh, mm. Other states um, explicitly permit uh, or explicitly prohibit commercial surrogacy so it's it's kind of a, a bit of a hodgepodge right now you know it's interesting you talked about adoption and the best interests of the child isn't it isn't it <laughs> i i find it kind of humorous a little bit that there's so much attack on adoption agencies especially with catholic charities because you they they don't want same-sex couples to be able to adopt children for good reason of course but then so they attack adoption, but then they open up things like this, which which totally take uh, the beauty of the procreative act, whether it leads to children or not, out of the picture. Yeah. Right, right. A, a complete separation. Um, and that's, you know, whether we're talking about commercialized surrogacy or, or even the question of, you know, so-called altruistic surrogacy, where this would be a friend or a family member kind of, helping somebody they know, but they're not, you know, doing it to earn an income. But the Church should be very clear that um, these, are, these are both wrong. 
because they, they separate the procreative act from the sexual act. You know, think back to the vending machine. What if, you know, a little thought experiment here. What if our technology advances to the point where you actually don't need human, uh, human involvement in the procreation process at all? What if we could just, you know, grow babies, push a button on a machine, out pops a baby? Like that's, you know, maybe a bit um, radical to our, our thinking, but that's, that's the path you go down when you're separating the, these, two, these two things that are, that are meant within the order of, of God's creation to be united, the sexual and, act and the procreative act. And is there some, I, I mean, something that has changed in the world of children in need of adoption? I mean, it seems to me that there are lots of children <clears throat> throughout the, the globe that are in need of a home. So, so these people are going through to a vending machine, so to speak, through the, to, to oversimplify that, instead of going to find these children that are des- desperately in need of a home? Or is my take on that, in, in, on the number of children in need of adoption, askew? No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. There, there are a lot of children that, um, that need mothers and fathers to love them. So, absolutely right. Mm. You're listening to Real Presence Live here on Real Presence Radio. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm, I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark, Programming Coordinator for for RPR uh, with Michael Wild, our co-host. So we're talking with Chris Motes, the South Dakota Catholic Conference Executive Director, and we're talking about this idea of surrogacy and, and brokerage surrogacy, where there's actually places where you can line up contracts for those wanting children with potential surrogate mothers. Uh, Chris, I, I really want to get into, because one of the, when we were talking before the interview, one of the things that struck me was just the money that is exchanged. Can you, can you go into that a little bit, just so people understand, like, this is a business? This is, this is big business. This is a multi-billion dollar industry across the United States. So, and just to give you a snapshot of um, you know, South Dakota, this brokerage actually, it's got its fee schedule up on its website. So a, a, a woman, a surrogate mother, will be paid $30,000 to carry a child to term. Uh, if she's an experienced surrogate, meaning she's done this before, $35,000, so a little bit more. Um, there's a variety of upcharges, uh, so to speak, for various medical procedures. Among them, what they call fetal reduction, you know, we're in pro-life week right now, March for Life. Fetal reduction means abortion, you know, um, wow. yeah, ter- terminating, uh, ter- terminating life that is growing within the womb. Part of the process very oftentimes is the implantation of, of far more uh, human embryos than uh, are expected to actually be brought to term. So, but the, the brokerage itself would, would make uh, about $20,000 in the transaction, and of course there are legal fees. So you're, you know, you're, you're kind of talking, um, sometimes these things can end up being six-figure transactions. Um, it, it's not a cheap thing, which kind of highlights uh, what I pointed out earlier with just, uh, you know, um, poor working-class women very oftentimes being the most vulnerable um, to, to, this, uh, to this particular evil. Wow. I mean, Brandon and I are just, it, it's sobering and somber as far as our reaction and, and the reality of this. Um, and, uh, you know, we could continue to talk about this, Chris. Um, probably <laughs> the, the phrase that popped into my mind was ad nauseum. Um, and really, in some ways, this is kind of nauseating to think about the, the money that is being handed over for the price of life, something that we're called to have the opportunity to be co-creators in. 
Um, so what should we do as citizens and responsible Catholics and specifically uh, South Dakota residents, perhaps? What, would, what should we do about this issue? Well, first of all, you know, a bit of formation. So if it's like if you don't quite understand the issue, it's like, yeah, try and wrap your head around it because courage is contagious. So it's like have the courage to actually speak, but, but also, you know, form yourself a little bit before you, you, you do speak. Also, just staying informed and engaged. For people that haven't yet uh, stayed in, in contact with me, I'd really encourage them to go to the South Dakota Catholic Conference website. Uh, it's sdcatholicconference.org. Again, it's sdcatholicconference.org. And you can sign up for the email list. So you're getting the latest and greatest uh, kind of breaking news on, on, on what the bishops are encouraging uh, support uh, for or opposition for when legislation does come up. Yeah, and you know, Chris, this isn't something that's only in South Dakota either. We we have you have your colleagues in in North Dakota with the North Dakota Catholic Conference and Chris Dodson and the Minnesota Catholic Conference and Jason Adkins who are also looking at these things. I know especially Minnesota Catholic Conference. So this is something right. that that is is affecting our our whole listening area. That's yeah, that's absolutely right. It's not just South Dakota we're talking about. This is. Um, these are issues at play in, in your entire uh, radius. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being with us. Again, it's Chris Motes with the uh, South Dakota Catholic Conference, sdcatholicconference.org. Uh, is that correct? sdcatholicconference.org right. to find out more. Uh, thanks so much for being with us here on Real Presence Live this morning. Folks, we're going to have to take a t- uh, break here, but please stay with us because when we return on Real Presence Live, we're going to continue talking about fighting for life. This time we'll be talking with our student, a familiar voice who's live on the march, and we'll hear about his involvement and then later an adoption story. But only if you stay with us through the break, whether you're listening live or on the podcast here on Real the Presence Radio or the Real Presence Radio Network app. Stick with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi everyone, Steve Sponskowski here, Executive Director for the RPR Network, inviting you on the Real Presence Radio Northern California Mission Pilgrimage, April 4th through 9th, 2019. We will visit some of the missions of St. Unipero Serra, the wine country of the Sonoma Valley, and sites of San Francisco. We'll be staying at a beautiful retreat center with easy day trips to the sites. Cost based on double occupancy is $1,936, or if you want to get your own flight, it's $1,358. For more information, please call 877-795-0122. People think A&B is in the copier business, but we're not. We are in the people business. Whether it's coffee and water, managed print services, document management, or our newest editions of promo gear and managed IT services, we've got you covered. At A&B, we're number two because our customers are number one. We can be reached at 1-800-477-2425 or online at abbusiness.com. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and good friends. At Riverview, you can enjoy all these wonderful things. But it is the friendship and sense of community here that makes Riverview home. We share stories, laughter, smiles, and our Catholic faith. Try us out with a mini vacation or join us for Mass five days a week. You can contact Kelly for a tour at 701-237-4700 and online at homeishere.org. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on Real Presence Live, 
It's Straight Talk from 9.30 to 10 a.m. Central. You're addressing critical Catholic issues in a fun way. Straight Talk is your opportunity to share questions and comments on topics relating to the faith or on things happening in the world around us with our local hosts and priests. My question is... I have some questions about the bishop. Very good questions. Thanks for that guidance. Straight Talk, 9.30 to 10 Central, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday mornings on Real Presence Live. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. We are indeed back, and thank you so much for sticking with us here on Real Presence Live. A wonderful conversations this morning about life, and we're going to continue those conversations. We had a great conversation with Chris Motes, Brandon, and uh, there was something that popped out to both of us. Yeah, yeah. At the end, as he was talking about staying informed, staying engaged, he talked about courage being contagious. Yeah. And I, I think that's just a great lead-in to what we're going to talk about next, and that's the March for Life. And we're going to talk with somebody who is probably familiar to those who listen to Real Presence Live quite regularly. Right. Gregory Splonskowski is on the phone with us. And uh, Gregory, how are you doing this morning? I am doing well. How about you guys? We're doing pretty good. It's nice and warm in this studio. How's the bus ride? Um, You know, it's actually been pretty nice. Uh, It's around like 40s. uh, I think the high today is 50s or whatever. So um, actually pretty nice. They they got just got like uh, six or seven inches of snow, so there's quite a bit of snow here, but everything's nice. still green, so it's kind of cool. So p- paint a picture for us, Gregory. Where are you right now? You're traveling from Fargo, and you're with the Diocese of Fargo that you're traveling with a group. How many people are on the mm-hmm. bus, and um, where are you currently in the country? Um, so right now there's about 30, uh, 30, 30 kids and uh, four or five chaperones. Um, and right now we're in a bus traveling to em- Emmitsburg, uh, Maryland, I think it is, to uh, the seminary up here. Uh, and I don't know if you, you might be able to hear in the background, uh, but Father Greg Hammond, who is our tour director, is talking about the seminary right now. So yeah, that's where, what we're doing today. Okay, so Pe- Pennsylvania, right? That's where Emmitsburg is? Um, is uh, uh, Emmitsburg, Maryland. Um, okay. um it's MD, so whatever that stands for. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently didn't take first in geography quiz. Uh, that'd be Maryland. <laughs> and, uh, Gregory, you're traveling with a group from the Diocese of Fargo, correct? Yeah, yep, um, with the Diocese of Fargo. So, so yeah. one one thing I want to highlight here quick, if you just want to speak to a little bit, is, is how... This trip isn't just a, a trip or, or a vacation, you know, it, as, as they're announcing it, as they're encouraging kids to come, it, it's a pilgrimage, and, and uh, you're, you're going to be seeing a lot of different things uh, that, that you'll be able to, to pray with and, and reflect on. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, so first of all, just like the pilgrimage part, we, um, we'll be going to Mass shortly here in probably an hour or so. We've had daily mass so far, and last night we had like an adoration hour. But um, something that's a little more like maybe not directly religious, but uh, still connected is uh, yesterday we went to the Holocaust Museum, wow. uh, which is you know focusing on the the Jewish Holocaust during World War II, and that was really sobering and sad to see. But it was also a great reminder about the importance of human life and um, just how how important it is that we always value it um, and the things that happen when people don't. Um, so, and today, um, we're actually going to Gettysburg, and there's a museum there, which is 
um, as you may know, the one of the main battles of the Civil War, which is also focusing on um, the kind of the struggle of people not respecting each other, um, which is one of the big one of the big things in abortion right now. So, yeah. Right, yeah. You, you're absolutely being exposed to the dignity or the, or the different ways that the dignity of the human person has been challenged uh, there at the Holocaust Museum, Gettysburg. Um, you know, and, and one of the things I was curious about for all those folks that are making this pilgrimage, Gregory, and so you're already in the Washington, D.C. metro area. You've been around that area now. Um, mm-hmm. And so with that... Um, uh, do you see anything that isn't open that you had expected to see on your pilgrimage? Uh, some people are talking government shutdown. The world is, you know, <laughs> is free is is closed up. And and granted, there are some challenges. There's no questioning that. But um, is there anything mm-hmm. that's directly affecting your pilgrimage and your journey that you've noticed so far? Um. Yeah. So, like, I think on Saturday we we're gonna go look at some of the Smithsonian's. That was gonna be our day. Um. But right now, all. The- um, the Smithsonian's are all shut down, stuff like that. The Capitol and the um, the Holocaust Museum were both open, but yeah, the Smithsonian's are shut down, and there's a couple other things um, around the area that are shut down. So, so I've yet to see what our schedule is going to be for Saturday. But yeah. I, I want to revisit Gregory the Holocaust Museum for for just a moment because you said it was sobering, mm-hmm. and and it, the reality set in of just. I mean, you read about it in your history books, right? But then you actually experience the museum itself. What was most sobering or, or what most struck you about that visit yesterday? Um, it's kind of tough to pick, like, one certain thing. I mean, like, just seeing some of the pictures of during the liberation of the camps and what the people, what some of the soldiers, you know, saw and then also like some of the human experimentation that was done on the Jews at these camps. Um, but I think the most, the thing that really just kind of like made me so sick to the stomach was, um, the fact that there was these people are doing these things to other people. And one of the main things, there was these, um, these, uh, quote hospitals, um, that they would send children to, um, with disabilities. And these doctors would, uh, kill these children with who were you know a uh, uh, blemish to their peer race or whatever um, through starvation, lethal injections, or gas chambers, and that was just really like, wow! Like how could <laughs> how can pe- other people do that like to children? And that that was just really disturbing and yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you know that last line about how can people do that to children? I mean, what what do you think about after seeing that, and you think about this this pro life battle against abortion, something that you're going to be marching with hundreds of thousands of other people later this week in in an effort to bring awareness and and hopefully a change. Yeah, um, that it's kind of like I know that abortion is wrong, or, or you know, and you know, hear about the stuff, um, but I think that helped drive that home a little um, that point. Um, or the sorry, the Holocaust Museum drove that point home a little bit more, and um, we also we've been, we were handed out these pamphlets um, before we left that kind of gave some like a brief overview of why Catholics um, oppose abortion, um, and so they were just kind of describing some of the techniques I suppose you um, my column of abortion, and 
they really, they're actually very similar to what the Nazis were doing, um, you know, like lethal, in, as far as lethal injections and um, just horrible things. And so those, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if that answers the question at all or anything. It sure does, Gregory. And, uh, you know, the, the most important thing is to get a sense of, of what you're experiencing. And you've, you've really shared that quite a bit for us. And as we started off, and as Chris Motes had said earlier, uh, you know, courage is contagious. And so the experience that you're having and you're, the ways that you're seeing life having been uh, really kind of um, uh, disregarded and 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 thrown away um is really sobering for all of us so thank you so much for being a witness and sharing your journey with us god bless you and be safe on your journeys know that you and everyone there um not just the fargo diocese but all the folks that are traveling are in our prayers um as you're traveling uh through all this so um we are so grateful for you travel safely okay gregory yes thank you Um, you guys have a good day thanks you too gregory Amazing stuff, um, and really, uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we've talked now about two different issues this morning that yeah. really um, are sobering and really make you think about how, the, how precious life is, and yet how our world tends to throw it away. Uh, you know that that idea of a throwaway culture, and right. uh, we we really need. If anyone was wondering why is why are we putting so much effort into talking about the sanctity of life? Uh, they're not paying attention to what all, I mean, these are the stories. This yeah. is what people need to know. Yeah, and yesterday we were talking about the idea that commercial media, secular media doesn't cover this, but we do. And and right. this is why we're talking about it, because it's so important. The value and, and the dignity of life is so important that we want to talk about it over and over and over again, and especially bring great awareness to the march, which isn't going to get any media coverage this week. It's going to get it from us, we hope. Exactly. <laughs> not just us, but a few others. But you're right. It, you're not going to see it on your local channels. And call your local channels and ask them why they're not covering it, because there's going to be a lot going on. Um, speaking of things to call. Look at that. <laughs> we're joined now by Father Raymond Courtright, a dear friend of Real Presence Radio, dear friend of mine. And uh, we are grateful to have him in studio. But it. It's your opportunity, all of you that are listening right now, to call in at 877-795-0122. That number again, 877-795-0122. You can ask your questions about anything regarding the faith. Father Courtright's uh, uh, got a wealth of knowledge. He's ready for you. He's, he's, he's loaded and, and all set to go with uh, um, many answers. Um, you were born on the Feast of the Holy Angels, weren't you? Guardian Angels. Yeah. Guardian Angels. October 2nd. Um, and so I, I think you've got a little affinity to, toward angels. I do. I really do. In fact, as I was looking at the angels being on there, I was very excited. I thought, I just might reveal a story that I've told oh. no one uh-huh. about the angels Ooh. since I was ordained a priest. Did you say that you've told no one? Maybe one person. Wow. Are you ready to share this with I the, think I uh, will, because it's been so long now. And, <laughs> and, and uh, you kind of get a feel for like strange things that happen and the frequency. This was so incredible that I... I you know, certain things you test them. Yeah, yeah, I don't believe this. 
This is a story I believe, though. Before you share that, Father, 877-795-0122 is the call-in number. 877-795-0122. You can also submit your question on Facebook. We've had several questions submitted on Facebook throughout this time that we've had straight talk. So feel free to do that or call in. We're looking forward to hearing from you. If you've got a question on the faith, if you have a question on something happening in the world around us. It's pro-life week. I mean, we're very much focusing on the March for Life. So maybe you have a question about life and why the church teaches what she does on life. 877-795-0122. And it's so important that you're a part of this conversation because that's what we have this segment for, is for us to talk with one another, whether we're uh, you know across the street or across the upper Midwest or across through the gift of the internet. We just spoke to Gregory out in Maryland. You know, join in on this conversation. Father is also an experienced sailor. Um, he is, uh, he's been a retreat master. He's been involved with Newman Center Ministries um, and uh, lots of different things. But it, it looks like we do have someone who called in at 877-795-0122. Anne from Moorhead is on the line. Good morning, Anne. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I, I am blessed. Great to talk to you. Um, yes. And uh, let's see. We're going to make sure that uh, Father Courtright can hear you um, here and get that uh, going. But um, we'll get we'll check in on that there. Um, I, I know his headset's working, but I don't know what's going on there. So we might have him move here. Um, you're not able to hear can you, Anne? Can you hear Anne now, Father? There's nothing. Okay. I hear nothing. Okay. okay. Well, oh, hi, Father Cartwright. <laughs> okay. Hi, Father so, Cartwright. And our technician is looking at it. You know what? So and now it's working. Here's what, Thank it you. It is now working. There we go. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So, okay. So Anne from Moorhead is with us. Anne, uh, you're a cradle Catholic. What's your question for Father? Well, I know that there's been a lot of talk about evangelization, and I think some of us cradle Catholics like are still struggling with what that means for us, and... Um, we know that we're passionate and in love with our faith, and we really want to spread that to others. But sometimes it's just kind of like, okay, how do we evangelize? How do we do this? Um, so just needing some more thoughts on that, more direction, um, how to accomplish that, I guess. <laughs> All right, Father, sounds like an easy softball for you to start <laughs> off. <laughs> Good morning, Anne. How are you? I'm great, Father. Thank you. Good. Thank you for your call. A very good call. A call that many people are asking the same question. In fact, I first want to find out if you were with us uh, two weeks ago for the convocation for the Fargo Diocese and the Crookston Diocese together. We had a convocation on Friday, Saturday last month um, on the very topic of your question, evangelization. Were you able to make that uh, conference? I, I was not there. Um, okay. I heard about it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, good. So anyhow, it's, it's, um, you know, this started years and years ago. John Paul II uh, had launched the evangelization maybe more than 20 years ago and started talking about it. And the thing is, that surprises me is how long it takes things to trickle down that they actually start taking place. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like 20 years later, eh, now people hear the word once in a while. They're like, I think we're supposed to be doing something. But m- m- most simply, <laughs> I think the most simple way to put it is, look at, are you in love with Jesus? Yes. Okay. Um, when you're in love with someone, let's say a boyfriend or a spouse or someone, do you talk about that person? Yes. Isn't that true? 
you know, yeah. when you love someone, yeah. it's like you want people to know that person. You're like, oh, I want you to meet my friend, you know, and she's just a great mm-hmm. person or he's just a great guy and why and da-da-da-da-da. So my question is, is, why would a relationship with Jesus be any different? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's now, true. we have not yeah. been taught that. As Catholics, we are taught to pass on the faith through our culture and through our families, mm-hmm. which has worked, uh, you know, for centuries. But now living in a secular society, um, we need to realize... Worse. <laughs> well, here's one of the things. It's also who is your... Who, who are we talking to? In the past, the idea of mission or evangelization was towards those people who've never even been baptized, those who've never even mm-hmm. heard the name Jesus. Well, we live in a right. culture now where everyone's heard Jesus' name just about, and most people have been mm-hmm. baptized, but right. they don't know Jesus. Yeah. So how do we reach out to the baptized Christians who don't really know Jesus yet? Okay, so it's a yeah. little bit of a different approach, if you will, than talking to somebody who who doesn't know who Jesus Christ is, period. Okay? Right, right. And I think the simplest thing, one of the best talks that was given at the convocation was by Monsignor um, Richter, Tom Richter. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I took with me to the from that talk and that we discussed at our small group was something very simple. He says, you know, to be to be evangelizer, you don't need to take an, on a new job. So much it is is being mm-hmm. intentional about your mm-hmm. relationship with our Lord. In other words, mm-hmm. when you meet somebody, you're at the gas station, for example. Um, if it's someone who you see all the time, you know, and you kind of get to know that person. Uh, you might, mm-hmm. you know, when you have a certain comfort level with that person, just simply ask them that question. Hey, did you, did you make it to uh, any Christmas uh, celebrations this year at church? You know, mm-hmm. simple question. And it's amazing right. how many people smile and say, yeah, I did, or, you know, I wanted to, or da-da-da. And it, I'm always mm-hmm. amazed at how frequently people uh, delight in, in talking about it, because they usually have questions, and they'll ask, right. well, oh, what did you do? You know, what's out there? And, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But just the idea, even when you're with your friends, people you see all the time, that idea of being intentional in your relationship with others, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I am thinking... Um, some guy who's my next-door neighbor who I don't know very well, mm-hmm. don't I desire to communicate my love for Jesus with that person? Yeah. You know, now, how you do it is tricky. And, you know, uh, one of the things I loved that Monsignor uh, uh, Rector kept saying, he says, don't be weird. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, because... Well, that's easy for us to do. <laughs> right? It, it is. It's easy to be weird. It's easy, like, to kind of, you know... Uh, so, it, and one of the things I just tell people too is, once you start doing it, you you begin to get a feel for people mm-hmm. and 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 what you can say or, you know, just even having that relationship. Because a lot of times, when you're just in somebody's face you don't know, saying here, you know, I think you should go to church on Sunday, um, not the best mm-hmm. approach. A lot of times, people are feel like they're being right. impinged upon their freedom and so forth. Yeah. So, and then one of the other things that we were brought up on that is a false quotation, and I apologize to everyone and to the Lord as I continue to, because most of my priestly life, I used to falsely quote St. Francis and saying, you know, always preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. St. Francis mm-hmm. never said that. There's no record that he's ever said that, but we do know what he did say mm-hmm. was, to, yes, always preach the gospel, which means you're using words. Mm-hmm. You can't, you're not talking about Jesus if you're not using words. Right, right. You know, right. someone can be doing some yeah. nice uh, act of charity, but that, that could be a Buddhist gentleman, that could be an atheist, that could be somebody else. How do you know? Just yeah. because someone's doing yeah. something that's Christ-like or something that's charitable 
doesn't mean, oh, mm-hmm. gee, now I know who Jesus is. You know, that just doesn't, that's, right. that's not true. So, what yeah. St. Francis yeah. did say was this, always preach the gospel, but just make sure your actions are in accord with what you preach. Oh. Live it too, don't yeah. just preach it. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Oh, thank you, Father. I really appreciate the clarification and the discussion, and yeah, I... Um, it just sounds like it's something we're definitely, you know, all working on as a diocese and, you know, even across the world, you know. And um, yep. I think it's something that a lot of people in our world are seeking, and we just need to be the instruments. Yes, there is. Like, so. There are people are starving right, well, for something spiritual, and so trust that. And thanks so yes, much for your yes. call. And you can call in, too. We do have a couple of uh, phone lines open, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. You're listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Live. Our guest this morning is Father Raymond Courtright, a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. Yeah, that's your father. <laughs> He's in shock. We're, we're not on Facebook Live, but the, the, the surprise on his face was... Yes. <laughs> you can also submit your question, though, on Facebook. On our post, we did a Facebook Live video earlier this morning, so if you want to submit your Facebook on there, send it to us as a message, we would be happy to take that question. Again, the number 877-795-0122. Yeah, and those questions are so important, and you know, there's plenty of things that we can talk about. I just want to throw out there, there's a book that's just coming out called The Activated Disciple by Jeff Cavins, um, and uh, you know, it, it, 10 years ago, you know, we talk about how the church is slow to get moving. 10 years ago, or, t- or 15 probably, we talked about... Um, discipleship and uh, uh, um, what was it uh, the, the the other book that uh, intentional discipleship with Sherry Waddell, with yes. Sherry Waddell and now to move that forward to be activated not just intentional but activated in your faith so check that out the activated disciple it's through Ascension Press and uh, Jeff Cavins uh, might be a way to further that conversation too thanks again to Anne for calling as Brandon said the lines are open uh, we do have an open line that you can call in on and be a part of this conversation, 877-795-0122. Do you think we've got time for this story that Father... I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> angels right now. What, what's, what's in my mind and what's coming to me is angels and uh, a story. Do you really want to hear it? Yeah. Yes. It's a yes. fun story. Okay. So this is 26 years ago, shortly after I had been ordained. I was celebrating daily Mass in the sanctuary at St. Anthony's, yes, where today I'm now the pastor. Uh, after a few months after Mass one day, one of the parishioners uh, asked me uh, if they had a moment they wanted to share something with me. I'm sure, I said, sure. So they did that, and they told me a story. And they prefaced it by saying, Father, I hope you don't think I'm some kind of kook. I've never experienced anything like this in my life before, and I'm hesitant to tell you. But I feel compelled to do so. I says, fine, let it fly. So the person says to me, while you were celebrating Mass, I saw hovering behind and above you two angels, a large one and a smaller one. And so I was, of course, very amazed, skeptical as could be, and started asking questions like, well, could you describe it a little bit? Like, if I got an artist, you know, could we sketch, you know? It was just very non... uh, No great details, you know what I mean? Um, But other things that the person had told me at that time... I knew this was not something they were making up. And, and I didn't know this, very, this person very well. And as I got to know that person, I, I could tell that they were really going out on a limb to tell me this story because they themselves were uh, incredulous. You know, like, this is just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't, doesn't communicate to people like this. And it is a pretty rare thing. But 
over the years, and I don't, I've never told this story publicly before, I believe it's absolutely true. As I look back at my priestly life for 26 years, and the presence of the guardian angels continually in my life, and I can think of very particular things that have happened in my life that I attribute to my guardian angel. And why a large one and small one makes sense to me, too. At first, I was a little perplexed, and I thought, why is there a big one and a small one? As you know, each of us, when we're baptized, receive a guardian angel, mm-hmm. okay? Every family has its own guardian angel. Every parish has its own guardian angel. Every city, Fargo, has its own guardian angel. Every state, North Dakota, has its own. Every body and group and so forth has its own guardian angel. When a priest is ordained, another angel is assigned to him because he's a priest. Huh. Wow. And so I think maybe that's why, maybe that's a bigger one. That, so, so that's kind of that imagery of understanding sure. the importance of the priesthood. And, uh, and it is really kind of scary, because I just look at my life, how easy it is to screw up, and I <laughs> shudder sometimes. And I am so thankful, because there are times that my guardian angel has, has, I think, alerted me and helped me to avoid things that would have been um, catastrophic, you know, well, at least hurtful, anyhow. Um, so I, I, I do have a great devotion to, the, to my guardian angel and angels. Um, I do believe they're real. And then just even as a... As over my lifetime, different stories I've heard from people. When I was teaching at, at Colby Academy in Napa, California, for example, there was a, a parent of our students who worked at the local winery, and he was telling me a story about he was cleaning one of those big, huge silver vats that they make white wine in. Oh, I forget how many millions of gallons it holds. And the thing's, you know, 20, 30 feet up in the air. And they had just emptied this one, and his job was to clean it out. So he had this very powerful hose, and he goes and stands up on the top of the vat and there's like a little ledge there that you stand on and um when he turned that hose on he never mind for this guy to tell me the story again he's very embarrassed and he says you know you're gonna think i'm crazy and i and i i myself just don't believe it this is guy was a marine uh a man a few words as it is already and so he says i i turned that hose on and the pressure of it pushed me back and i was on my way down which would probably have been my certain death Sure, because 30 feet in the air. As he's on his way down, he says, I feel a a presence, a a force in the middle of my back that felt like a hand that pushed me back up to a standing position. Wow. Now, and again, he's looking at this, why would that happen to me and all these other great questions? Um, But again, and I think it's something just at that point in his life that he needed. uh, And it just, and it really is. I I don't doubt it for a second. Right. And they're pretty rare. Right. But I think the other thing is too, is I think a lot of people have these experiences and they don't want to talk about them because people will think that they're crazy. Exactly. <laughs> 877-795-0122 so, is our number. You're listening to Straight Talk on Real Presence Radio. You could call in with a question. Maybe you have a story about a guardian angel moment, uh, the guardian angel helping out you. I know Father Josh Waltz in, in the uh, Bismarck Diocese has a great story about St. Michael the Archangel. So maybe you have a story to share. Maybe you have a question about the faith, about life. 877-795-0122 is the number. Uh, A caller did call in while you were sharing the story, (laughs) Father, who said, I want to hear the story about the guardian angels. So caller, thank you for calling in. And uh, that is his story. 877-795-0122. And it's so important that you all are a part of this conversation. I mean, Father has these great stories that he can tell us um you know father and i do want to ask you a little bit more i mean we could talk we could have an entire show dedicated to angels
angels and maybe yeah. we should keep that in our notes for the future um and and folks again if you're looking for information on that there is uh, information just even in the catechism of the catholic church it talks a a, a, a good amount about that um and so you can look up angels um so um I just also wanted to ask too. When we say in the during the mass, um, there is a point uh, actually at the mass where not only is it the angels, all the angels and saints, and then we talk about the powers, the thrones, the dominions. Um, are those two, Father, the uh, the same? I mean, those powers, principalities, those are all different levels of angels, correct? That that we're welcoming in that are present with us at each consecration of the mass. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say, yes. There's the choir, nine choirs of angels. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas writes brilliantly about it. Uh, and, it's, and it's just it is awesome uh, to understand the different uh, choirs of angels. And one of the things that just blows me away, that e- even your guardian angel, the guardian angels, since they're closer to man, are at a lower level. Right. In they're- terms of you know pecking order, if you will, if you said the most important, whatever. Those angels who are closest to God would be the ones, in a certain sense, um, higher on the totem pole anyhow when they categorize them. Not of really importance of any means, but just kind of in a, in a categorization. Here's what just is, is mind-boggling. Imagine this. One single angel is its own genus, is its own, excuse me, its own species. Sure. In other words, like as human beings, we all share the same human nature. Each angel, however, in and of itself is perfect. Wow. Each angel in itself is its own entity, if you will. It'd be like huh. saying each angel is its own, as we say, humanity. How could you say angelinity? Right. Each each you know angel. I mean? it's, so my guardian angel is its own species. It's a, it is the entirety of the species of the Michael guardian angel. <laughs> this can you believe that? Amazing. Um, Wow. Well, I, I appreciate that insight, and, and it is it, it is amazing. And, and just for me, uh, personally, in, in participating in the Mass, when I heard thrones and dominions, powers and principalities, so many times I, I would think, oh, that is meaning all the kingdoms and all the, the lands and all, and all the powers that are out there in the world. No, we're, we're talking about the angelic presence that is out there. So uh, just amazing, amazing stuff. And, of course, right. the cherubim and seraphim. I think those might be the only few that we haven't mentioned yet. Um, and the archangel. <laughs> is the call-in number. You're listening to Straight Talk. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, Programming Coordinator for Real Presence Radio with... And I'm Michael Wild, and we are, uh, you know, I'm a listener relationships coordinator here with Real Presence Radio, as well as a periodic host um, every other Wednesday with Father Will. God bless you, Father Will. Um, <laughs> and uh, it really is great to be involved in these conversations. And if you are able to make a question or propose your question via Facebook, that's a great way to get in contact with us. But Brandon, it looks like we've got another question that we do. is coming in or has come in. We may have yeah, a... I think we can. I think we can read it for her. Um, so Julie is driving through North Dakota, Father. Um, she couldn't stay on the line, uh, but she is listening. So her daughter-in-law had twins at five months into her pregnancy. At birth, one of the babies was stillborn, and one was alive for five hours. They called a priest, and he baptized the one that was alive, but said he couldn't do anything for the one that was already dead. What is the church's stance on this? She is struggling with it. Well, I wouldn't say couldn't do anything. 
when he said that, I think it was a poor choice of words. He could not do anything sacramentally is what he meant to say, but not that he you know, couldn't pray over the baby and so on and so forth and trust that child to our Lord. Uh, and maybe too, just help explain um, that our Lord understands us and feels our pain and understands what we, what we go through. But I like to remind people of something, you know, we love our children so much, you know, and I just think of the heartbreak to lose a child, what that's like. I have a sister whose 17 day old child died in her arms and uh, my whole family came home for the baby's baptism. Instead, we had the funeral. Mm. Now, um, as far as, you know, the sacraments are for the living. I mean, in a certain sense, it wouldn't make sense to, you know, to, to baptize a baby who, who, in a certain sense, is not able to, to, to receive that, that sacrament. The soul is gone. It's a change that takes place to that person's soul when we're baptized. That leaves an indelible mark. Um, but there's, you know, there's wonderful things that we do in, in its stead. For example, just even the beautiful funeral rites that we have for children. Um, and, and I like to remind people of this because it is so heart-wrenching. When you imagine losing a, ch- a child and you think about the question that a lot of people have, like, well, you know, can my child, you know, wasn't baptized, you know, make it to heaven? And I think even asking that question betrays our lack of understanding of who God is. Hmm. Because we love our children, and our love is a very selfish love, if you stop and think about it. God's love, God is love. Even that we love a child is a participation in God himself. That very love mm-hmm. that we have is a participation in God's love. So to even ask that question in a certain sense, as I get older as a priest, I realize, you know, I think it betrays that we don't really believe that God loves in a way that he desires all of his children to be with him. So I, in my mind, I think about the heartache of a mother who loses her child, and then I multiply that by a couple billion mm-hmm. to think about this is what our Heavenly Father experiences. And of course, that child is with our Lord. She does have a follow-up question, Father. Um, you, 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 and you mentioned on this, but maybe just clarify. Um, so could he still have been baptized even if one of the twins was stillborn? No, typically not, no. And I, I um, yeah, it's kind of hard for that to happen in, in, in such, a, such a way. It's so dramatic. But, um, you know, this is the, the, the teaching of the, of the church. It'd be just like, you know, then would you confirm it and anoint it? It's just all these other, the sacraments are for what? For those who are living. So, um, if, you know, the, the doctor, whoever proclaimed, you know, that the child was no longer alive, in a certain sense, then we just trust that child where that child needs to be. That's with our Lord. It no longer needs our help. It no longer needs our prayers. That child is where that child needs to be. So um, it calls an immense amount of trust, and that's not a bad thing either. You know, I, my heart goes out to this mother. My sister, when her baby died, you know, she, she was so heartbroken because she went into the kitchen as her baby was turning purple. She grabbed a glass of water, poured it over the baby's head, and then she said, you know, I felt like I was on the ceiling looking down at myself, and I don't know if I said the words out loud. Is that even a valid baptism? Hmm. Can you imagine? I just think, oh, of course it is. You know, it's like, is that how you typically do something? No, and you probably did say the words out loud anyhow. But I mean, just imagine that love that you have for God, that you would do that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I mean, that in itself is a grace from God. So it's like, no, rejoice in that. Our Lord doesn't want you to feel 
uh, hurt, upset, or, or um, you know, somehow distanced or unloved, or God doesn't care. You know, just the opposite is where the truth lies. Julie, thanks for, for calling in. Um, we, we know that you're listening, um, so know of our, our prayers for you. Um, I, I can't imagine, you know, it's, it's easy, the struggle, but, but I hope Father's answer um, brings, you, brings you a little more comfort. Feel free to call in again if you have any more questions as well. Father, uh, we just have a few minutes left here, but uh, we have a, another phone call calling in from Moorhead, Addie. Addie, are you on the line with us? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, you're on the radio, <laughs> Addie. Your, Good morning. What is your question for Father Cartwright, Addie? Um, my question was, should Catholics believe in karma or the idea that, you know, your actions can turn into outcomes, if that makes sense? Yes, I understand like, if you do it. If you something good... Yeah, and sometimes you hear Catholics, you probably even hear priests use, use that... Uh, expression, you know, that guy's getting his karma. Now, I think there's very much truth to this, that when we, when we do certain things, there's results that are going to follow. Let's say, for example, you lie a lot. Well, after a while, it's going to catch up to you. And what happens when it catches up to you, you're going to pay the consequences. So in that sense, I think people use the word karma that, you know, uh, and then on the other side of it too, as well as that, you know, when you do good things and you uh, devote yourself to our Lord in helping others, there are things that will happen in this life too that will reflect that. Why? There's more happy people in the world because of what you're doing. And so just by increasing that, uh, you know, it's going to increase that, that sense of you're building something up right now that does indeed have an impact on the future. And sometimes we see it in this life and sometimes we don't. <laughs> Addie, Addie, does that help answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Thanks for calling in this morning. Yeah, thank you. So it's so nice to, to get these questions answered and have these conversations as a Catholic family. You know, we really get to be involved in that. And if you didn't get a chance to call in, I, I don't think we've got another t enough time for another call yet this morning. Uh, so you can call in tomorrow, um, but keep that number stored in your phone, 877-795-0122. Um, uh, and, and of course, you can submit your questions via email or through our Facebook page is a great way to do that. Um, and uh, Father, I mean, beautiful conversation with you. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Michael. Great to see you. I don't see you often <laughs> enough. Gosh, it's been so long. I, I pray for you every day that things are going well in your new home and with your new job, and I know changes are hard, and uh, so I hope things are going well for you. Well, it, it is, and thank you very much for the prayers. You know, I think all too often we all forget the importance and the, the value of grace, the fact that we are constantly in that opportunity to receive grace, um, and, and God is pouring it down on us through many different avenues, and uh, sometimes it's a, it's a dear friend who's a priest that's praying for us, and sometimes it's a stranger that we've never met, and um, I think it would be appropriate, should we wrap up with a little, this segment, this uh, deal, uh, in the last 30 seconds with a little prayer, Father? Yeah, yeah. So especially our hearts go out to our young mother who, who lost her, her children. It's just uh, so hard, maybe a time of grace at, at some moment in her life, and thanking God for the gift of life, even though she didn't get a chance to enjoy it. Father in heaven, heal all the hearts of those who are mourning. Um, heal all of us who need your healing, whatever part of our lives that, um, that is wounded. Um, we ask you to strengthen, especially in each of our lives, the wonderful powers that we received in our baptisms of faith and hope and love. And let's turn to our Blessed Mother to intercede for us as we pray. Hail Mary. 
full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father, for, uh, for being on with us this morning for Straight Talk. We've got much more to come at the beginning of next hour. Stay with us on Real Presence Live. You bet, Brandon.